Thank you all for joining this episode of the China Flexpat podcast. Today we are going to have a, a surprise for you because I, my name is CJ, and instead of being the guest, I will be the host. And my guest is our usual host,、uh, Francis Kramer. So I'm going to be the interviewer for Francis. Francis, how are you? I'm fine, CJ. Thank you so much. Right, Francis. We are going to talk a little bit more about your adventures as a flexpat in China. So, first of all, let us understand a bit about your company. What does Juli Automation do? Juli Automation builds machines, and our machines are used in order to build electric motors for electric cars. So, we are part of the automotive industry, which is turning into the EV industry as we speak. Wow, sounds like a big market. So, generally, how is Juli operating, or how is it run as a company? We are a family-owned enterprise. So, our owner is the second generation of the founder family. This man is called Ripping, and Ripping is my boss. He hired me here in Jiaxing, and we have another operation manager. Who is responsible for the complete daily operations, and I am the sales director responsible for sales. Wow, that sounds really interesting. So, since you're the person in charge of sales, so what are some of the challenges in the market for Julie? This market is continuously changing. So, the automotive industry is very influenced by Germany, America, Japan, and other leading hubs for automotive. But the EV industry was very much influenced by China. So what we see now is that the the way that cars are built is completely redesigned. The electric motor is a key part of the powertrain, and in order to build an electric motor, the process has been much more standardized. So our service to build a machine which is required to build this motor is very crucial, and. The Chinese influence is much more important than it was in the past. This is a great opportunity to us as a Chinese company going global. Well, sounds like it's a huge source of opportunities. What will be some of your key achievements or milestones so far? We have really mastered the transition from building small electric motors towards building electric motors for EVs. So the main change here is that the power generated by the motor is much bigger, and that this is the most important part of the car. So the importance for our customers building this product is much bigger for them than it was before. So in order to enter this market, we had to convince customers in order to give us a chance. The way we did this is that we first cooperated with Chinese. Tier ones, tier ones are motor suppliers, so suppliers of the automotive industries who build a strategic part of a car. The first steps were Chinese tier ones. The second steps were international tier ones, so international companies who come to China in order to just provide parts in China as well. So typically, their requirements to do business with are much higher than Chinese tier ones. So this was the second step. The third step was that we get into business with OEMs, so car companies who build a car and also decide to build their motor by themselves. So this, of course, is even a higher Uh, standard to get into this business. 
Wow, sounds like a very exciting journey and, and one with a lot of expectations. So what are some of the key attributes of your success so far? We have been able to grow the revenue every year since we started this business. So when I joined back in 2020, we were around 100 million RMB and it had been like this for about two or three years. So it was never really growing. In 2021, we had this chance to really get into business with the first Chinese OEM. And this helped us to take the revenue from 100 million to 300 million in just one year. So it was extremely growth. So for us, this was quite difficult. How can we build an organization which can deliver such a capacity? So we changed the whole way that the organization is working and we got support by the complete parent company, so this family business, so that we can share capacity with all business units. And this way we were able to deliver these machines on time. It was very important for me that my sales team who deliver these orders, they also need to make sure that the projects are delivered on time and the customers are happy with this. So if you ask me what's the biggest success is that we were not sued or we didn't get in trouble with our customers in this great development of growth. Francis, I know you're German, you're a flexpat, and you mentioned that this is a family-owned business, Chinese-owned. How do you get along with your boss? How do you manage his expectations and how do you communicate with him? So first of all, I always say that I am a guest here. I understand my role as an influencer. I come into this company and I show him a second opinion for everything what he wants to do and how he wants to do it. And I give some advice. I also try to show my team that they can work the same way that I do, very independently, and they also can make decisions. So they can take my role directly with this leadership style change that my team is more independent and they make decisions by themselves and then they push the ping to do what they want. And this is, I think, the main change in our communication that he had to learn to accept a very strong independent team. I think it's, it's a matter of uh, really merging and getting the best out of the two cultures. Now, um, what do Chinese sales professionals need to be aware when uh, selling to international customers? I think the main thing with international customers is that their organizations, they have matured for many, many years. They might be headquartered in the US or in Germany, and they have engineers there which have been in these companies for 5 to 20 years. So they're real experts in their fields. So if we sell to international companies, we need to convince these experts. These can be purchasing experts. These can be technology experts. These can also be sales or business development experts. But they are one thing, they're experts. So if we want to convince them, we cannot just tell them something which sounds good or which looks good, but we want to convince them on a, on a real functional and technical level. So we need to show that we are masters of our trade. This is very important to understand that our customers are real strong in their field and they want to check whether we can understand international customers. For us, for example, they always show us their standards. So we come in and they tell us, we expect one, two, three, four, five, and you have to comply with our standards. This is something which is very important to them to know that they can trust that we will fulfill this standard. 
Well, it seems that there's a lot to learn to sell to international customers, but also leveraging on the, the inherent strengths. And what would be some advice you can give for managers, whether they're flexpats or not, managers who are managing Chinese salespeople? I think the the big thing with Chinese people is that they are extremely flexible. So something which we also expect from flexpats, right? Chinese people they are used to take a challenge and then to find a workaround in order to solve this. So if you are able as a manager to have a team with a lot of people who always find some way how to solve a problem, it's great. But it's not standard. So if you want to build a standardized organization where there is standard processes and not so many workarounds, but where it's really clear who is doing what and when and with who and who decides and who approves, then you need to understand that this is very difficult for Chinese people to be part of. Either you take this role and you define the processes, and you make sure that your team complies with them. Or you you just give your team some time to find out why their workarounds make them sad and tired, why it makes them suffer, and understand by themselves why they need standard processes. Because once again, this is the added value of international companies. They have standards because they have been developed for many many years. And if you look, for example, at Tesla, it's not a very old company, but it's influenced by international working culture, and they have a lot of standards. So everything they do is standardized. And so this is why they're able to build a plant in China in just one year because they have these SOPs, standard operation procedures, and they can just take them and roll them out. And and this is something that Chinese people they have their challenge doing this because on the one hand they want to be flexible, on the other hand they don't want to make decisions. So it's always a bit of a chaos. If you want to be successful working with Chinese teams, you have to master this challenge. How can you give your team enough freedom so they can find the way to use their workarounds? And at the same time, how can you improve standardization? I use this all the time. Guzi Hua internationalization and Biao Zhenhua standardization. These are the targets for my team here, and this is what I can advise everyone who's managing Chinese teams. One last question. I mean, as I see you're so successful. I, I've seen your team having a lot of respect and a lot of rep, good rapport with you. So, what will be one piece of advice for flexpats in China if they want to be successful with the teams、uh, that that they work with? Learn to be a guest. Try to understand what your host wants to achieve, what your host wants to do. Try to understand why you're part of the team. What can you offer which other members of the team don't offer, and what can be your added value you can bring in? Observe, make decisions, add value in a way that you can as a guest, which your host cannot. So in my case, it's that I do make decisions and I push my team to make decisions, which is very difficult for them. But I know that this is the way I create value. But I also took a lot of time to do this. So maybe in the first year. I was very cautious, and this is also change takes time. So be a guest, observe, but then also take the lead and make decisions which are relevant to your host and your team. Well, great advice. Be a guest, do something for the host. Think about what the host the host want to achieve. Observe before making giving advices. Well, thank you very much, Francis,、um, for for the very good insight and and very useful tips and advice for our fellow flexpats. 
Thank you very much. Thank you. A great experience to be the guest in the show. Oh, this has been a very interesting experience for me. I was a guest on the China Flexpat podcast some time ago, and it's really great to be the host. And by the way, if you really want to help them, the China Flexpat podcast, there here are some things you can do. Number one, if you can give us some reviews on your podcast app, that will be great. Or tell your friends, uh, spread a word, tell more people about it. Or if you got nice stories to share and some good adventures that you want to let more people know, or something that we can learn from you, be a guest. Or maybe you have friends who could share their experiences that can be helpful for all of us. Please do recommend your friends as guests as well. We hope to hear from you real soon.